This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Hello, everyone, and welcome to WSFI Spotlight. We're here with a wonderful guest. His name is Jim Fogarty, really known as Brother Jim Fogarty in the the neighborhoods where he works in Chicago with the kind of the gangs and the people, poor people and people who need help. So Jim is just, he has such a beautiful story that I want him to tell it, but his plans when he was young were to get married, get a good job, and have lots of kids. Now, he has married, and he has a wonderful son, and but he has a ministry that I don't think he ever dreamed of. And so he gave a year to the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, and then he worked for the Appalachian Poor in Pennsylvania. And then he felt the pull. He felt a, a desire for God to get close to God. So he entered a seminary, and almost for three years, and then he came to Chicago where he met Brother Bill Tomes of the Brothers and Sisters of Love, and the rest is history. He did get married, and he began to to work with, with Brother Bill, who we interviewed on, on this station. So I'd like to start by, first of all, welcoming Jim. Jim, I'm so happy to do this interview. I'm glad it came off today. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, so I want you to share the very beginnings of your, how, what happened when you met Brother Bill, and why were you so attracted to what he was doing, and tell what he was doing? Well, I entered the seminary with the Cloman Fathers, and they brought me to Chicago, and I was studying up at Loyola to uh, get my philosophy requirements to get into theology school, and Bill had been working with gangs for a little over a year, and the previous year he'd had Jesuits who'd worked with him, and he was looking for seminarians who might want to help. And as soon as I heard about him, I was intrigued by him, intrigued by his story, and I said, that's what I wanted to do. And so I was here just a couple of weeks in Chicago, and I was walking through the Henry Horner and Cabernet Green housing projects and having a good time. Okay, so if a writer for the uh, weekly newspaper here in Chicago wrote up a little story about our Brother Jim, and he said, in 1984, Brother Jim, he, he has, since 1984, he has spent most of his days walking around the gang-infested, poverty-ridden streets of the South and West Sides of Chicago by himself, believing that loving unconditionally and trusting God to guide him will make a difference in neighborhoods plagued by violence, unemployment, and hopelessness. Brother Jim says, our mission is simply to love. Jim, will you talk about that a little bit, what that means? Well, Bill had an experience in a church before the ministry started. And Jesus said, love, you're forbidden to do anything other than that. All your trust, I'll lead you follow. Give everyone everything and never be afraid. And what I've done is I've taken that and I've made that into the spirituality of the brothers and sisters of love. So in dealing with gang members and the poor, I love them no matter what. And from that, I experience grace of God working in their lives, or working in my my life at least. Jim, you made, you, in imitation of Brother Bill, you made a robe out of blue jean materials. You stitched together patches of blue jeans and you have these flowing, this flowing blue jean robe, which kind of identified you as someone different in the projects. 
But some uh, another writer from the Tribune says, you drift through Chicago's housing projects like a benevolent ghost. <laughs> you go up dark, graffiti-stained stairwells, and you, you, you go into buildings ruled by rival gangs and into dingy elevators. Brother Jim is a, a tall white man, and when he's not wearing his robes, he has an old West Virginia University pullover on. He stands out as like a ghost, as as some would call him Superman. What does he mean by that? Well, <laughs> back before the projects were t- torn down, Bill and I would go through the buildings to make initiate contact with gang members, and and as we and wearing the robes, kind of like an imitation of Saint Francis of Assisi, people began to respond to that. And sometimes at night or when there was violence. Would people would see a shadow and they'd see the robe that Bill and I were wearing, then they would know it was not a gang member. So that <laughs> so they were glad to see us. And the worst part would be to get shot because they were afraid of, of somebody else. So so the rider who followed me around would I would go and visit people in, in buildings and we'd be going up and down stairwells or in, or taking the elevators. And this was a this was an experience that he would not have done without me. And so. He, he began to see that, that our relationship with gang members and, and people was that there was a basis of love, that they, were, that they loved us as much as we loved them, and, and that's part of how that, the, the ministry grew. I'm taken, I guess I did a lot of research before this interview, and I'm taken with a man in the projects who had enough of violence, and he lived in gangs for many years, and he got tired of it all. He saw his best, he buried his best friend, and he said he got tired, and he was a longtime resident of the Chicago Housing Authority. So he went back to school, learned computers, and then he got himself hired in a local public school, and he worked as an administrative staffer for a college prep program for gifted fourth and third graders. He, he said, I found my place. And he's not, uh, the, the article says, this man, Alex Hall is his name, is not sure he could have done it without Brother Jim. Brother Jim, that is just so inspiring. These guys, you, you help these guys by loving them, and then they turn their lives around. Well, they do. But it also, it's, it's hard for them to turn their lives around. Because, like in the case of, of Alex, we had a program where, where people were getting educated, getting some education. And he was traveling back and forth from school, and one day he was at a bus stop, and he was caught by the opposition where they had guns, and he could have been killed. And fortunately, that the guys knew him, that he, that he was turning things around, that they let him go. So a lot of times when guys do turn, try to turn their lives around, bad things happen to them because they are no longer participating in the violence, and that can make them vulnerable. You see guys like, like Alex and, and a few others that, that usually what they do is they make progress and they fall back. And they make progress and they fall back. And so we try to support them through the whole thing. I think that you're not saying a lot of what I kind of researched, which is that something mysterious happens when you're doing your work, when you're, you're standing in between the, the fighting, or when you try to, you don't take sides, but you, you just, you, you are a presence there. And something mysterious happens, and this Alex Hall said, when he'd witnessed the, this shooting between rival gangs, he said, Jim would come and stand there, and he just, he stood there, 
and they couldn't hit him. The guys finally just gave up. They stopped shooting, and no, but nobody died. The next time gang members saw Brother Jim, they asked him, why does he risk his life? And he said, because I care about you. So obviously your caring is, is, is doing something, is allowing Christ to, to stop the shooting. Or you explain it better than I just said it. We witness for Christ. We witness for the church. We represent the church in the midst of violence where guys were, where there's, where kind of like standing before the gates of hell. Wow. And everybody is angry, and they're, they're, they're almost like saying, there is no God. And then they, they've seen me or they've seen Brother Bill, and all of a sudden they felt the presence of God in their midst, and, it, and it's caused them to change um, behaviors. So, like, so in the case of like Alex Hall, one time when there was a shooting going on, and the shooting stopped, police all came in, and I was ready to go home, Alex and another guy came up to me and gave me a piece of paper with a phone number on it. And they said, go to the other side, find this guy, give him this piece of paper. And they said, if you want peace, call this number. And so I went and then gave him the, gave him the message. And the next day they had a peace treaty and they wouldn't start the peace treaty until I showed up. So the grace happens wow. that God's presence is in our midst. And I think that, that when we love, that presence arrives. Man, that is so inspiring. That's so beautiful. And it's real. Yes, it is. All because you care about these people and you love them. And that brings the presence of Christ. That's why you call it a ministry of presence? Ministry of presence. or min I call it a ministry of love. And, and part of it is the presence of being there and loving that helps transform people's lives or people's behaviors speak about that transformation what have you seen as a result of this loving of these guys like this this one Alex Hall did turn his life around have there been others well there have been and most of the times when guys turn their lives around Bill and I have let them go so if they if they go in the, and they find God or they find a church or they get a job or they, they move out of the neighborhood then they don't see us so the guys we see are the ones that keep falling back. And they learn that we care about them no matter what. There's a story about a guy named Jimmy Nance. Yes. Do you remember him? He'd been jailed and shot and seen his friend shot to death. And he said Brother Jim was around for a lot of that and always offering help to find a job, consoling him when he lost a friend. Over the years... Brother Jim's kindness finally softened his heart, he said, and made him want to go straight. So eventually he gave up his gang fighting, and now he then he found steady work and some hope. So that's a story that, that I think you see quite a bit, Jim, with these guys. Well, you do, and sometimes the, the jobs don't last as long as they would like. And, right. and for a person like Jimmy, he's, <clears throat> he's gotten out of the life. Unfortunately his son kind of picked it up so and his son doesn't have to because he's got parents at work but he's gotten that that lure of the street is very powerful fast money and not being told what to do by other people is a lure that that's hard to resist 
so you see there's a story also that that I, that I read about of a of a teenager in Rockwell Gardens and he reaches out to you to shake hands or you reach out to him to shake hands and then you talk and then so this teenager has one foot in the world of gangs and drugs and guns and the other foot he is still in school and he used to ignore you but then the guy in the denim robe kept coming back and lately the young man has been going out of his way to say hello so jim you say you said there's something in his heart that's changing what is what did you see jim the streets and gangs teach people to harden their hearts wow and hard uh, hard heartedness is is one of the great sins of the bible and by coming and caring about people and and showing that you care maybe taking them out to get a sandwich at, at a fast food place getting involved in their lives sometimes sometimes people give me tickets to like a sporting event and I'll take guys with me and and, and mm-hmm. they get to do things that they that they wouldn't normally get to do oh, great. it it opens up the world to them and it, and it gives them hope and so you so so Bill and I have for over 30 years done things to help guys soften their hearts and unfortunately they live in neighborhoods and, and, and with gang violence and such that that their heart their their hearts get hardened yes. so they go back and yes. forth back and forth yes so jim we're gonna have to take a break and what a high point to take a break at so inspiring there's more stories to come so stay with us wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio we'll be right back with brother jim fogarty Hello, I'm Scott Hahn from Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio. Catholic Radio is essential for the new evangelization. It reaches people who are not necessarily going to darken the doorways of a local parish, but they'll be driving by, and you can recommend it. You can even turn it on when you got a passenger in the car. Catholic Radio deserves your support as well, not only your prayer support, but also your financial aid. So I encourage you all, get involved and spread the word. God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? Full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store Download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. 
add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at wsfiradio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Hi, this is Brian Farley, host of Men of Christ Radio. For 10 years, through conferences, retreats, workshops, and special events, Men of Christ has been helping men to live their Catholic faith more boldly by exposing them to Catholic teaching, practices, and speakers that open eyes and change hearts. Well, now we'll be doing it on the radio, too. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, to be specific. Tune in every first Saturday at 10 a.m. and again every first Monday at 10 p.m. right here on WSFI for Men of Christ Radio. Spiritual warfare, the power of prayer, defending the church, and more. We'll be talking about all of it on Men of Christ Radio. For more information, go to WSFICatholicRadio.org. Men of Christ Radio, inspiring conversations about your faith, your family, your nation, your world, and what you, as a man of Christ, can do about it. Hello, welcome back to Spotlight, and I'm I'm your host, Joan McHugh of Witness Ministries, and my guest is Brother Jim Fogarty of the Brothers and Sisters of Love. He works with the gangs in Chicago or the poor or anybody that needs help. Jim is there as a as a benevolent ghost, someone said, reaching out to people, just loving them, not teaching, not preaching, not lecturing, just accepting them for who they are. Jim, as a result of your work and of, of your loving these people and loving them into life, really, to good jobs and to reform their lives, Many of them have moved on to have good families and jobs, and there's some success rate. But then again, I know that not everybody kind of makes it. You want to speak about the, the, the hardship of seeing these guys year after year just still struggling? There's a lot of struggling. I remember when I first walked with Bill in 1984, going into public housing, and one of the first things that struck me was that the poor of our country had a place to stay, heat, water, housing. If they, if they, if they really were destitute, they could get clothes or food from a church, and, and, they, and they, could, they could survive. Unfortunately, the, the housing projects were, were very good at creating gangs and gangs grew and they flourished and we had a lot of violence and so what Bill and I did was is that when we walked the streets and we stood between gangs when they were shooting at each other it would be a a non-violent form of 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 intervention where we would stand and force gang members to respond to us and what what I've noticed is that for over the years that the gangs and, and, and situations have changed. I saw in the Sun-Times today or this weekend they were talking about how much money the housing gives to landlords that don't take care of their buildings. And and so you're watching where the, the huge housing projects that, that fostered gang activity have have disappeared, but the housing and such is still rough and and gang members continue to flourish. Now, 
one of the things that's changed is 30 years ago, gangs, especially African-American gangs, were very centralized. And so a lot of guys could run gangs from prisons, and they, and so there was a, there was a, there was kind of a balance. So you'd have, gangs would, would have separated their territory, and, and that's where they're, and 90% of the gang activity was between the vice lords against the disciples. Since 92, and since the destruction of, of public housing, gangs have become much more decentralized. And so you've got kids on blocks that are, who are teenagers that are selling drugs, carrying guns, and getting into fights. And so you still got the violence, and the violence seems to be on the rise now after years of the violence on being on decline. So what is interesting that I find in our work is that in spite of all these things we've gone through for the 30-some 30, 30 years that, that Bill and I have been doing this work, is that somehow grace still seems to happen. You have these moments where, where grace or God is touching people and, and in the midst of the suffering and in the violence and everything else is that God's presence is still there. And I think that's why that's why our Pope tells us that the church has to get out of its walls and into the streets and amongst the poor because we experience the grace there. I just, I'm so moved by that because I think I could maybe apply that to my life a little bit when there is struggles or conflict. It, if, you're, if you're trying to love, then Christ will be there supporting you and he will make things happen, right? Well, absolutely. The first letter of John, chapter 4, verses around 16, talks about God is love. And where there is love, there is God. Mm. And what I found is that it also says that, that when we, we, perf- we love, our love gets perfected and that love casts out fear and that love is not perfect in one who's afraid. And, and what I found is that being in situations where there's danger and bullets have gone by me and I, and I felt the fear. Now, the great thing about Bill was when Bill was out there, he never ha- had fear in the midst of shooting. And I was there and I witnessed that. For me, I had fear. And what I did was I loved in those situations which helped me to stay. Beautiful. And then the, then the fear was cast away and then the grace flowed. And so, the, so, so that's why when I talk about that spirituality, is that 30 years later, I still feel like I'm growing, I'm growing in, in my faith and my understanding, and that it all becomes part of, of loving and trusting in God. That is powerful, powerful stuff. Jim, about the fear, I can relate. I mean, but this is, I feel like it's your calling, but what about in moments today in the world, not just in the Chicago er- housing areas, but in... What if ISIS people were to come over here and, and go down in your neighborhoods? Like, they, they have, they're so kind of evil. Like, how, how would, would your, your testimony here relate to dealing with people like that? Well, we would try. Years ago, Bill went to Israel, and he went to where some of the conflict was and met some Palestinian young people. And and he says that that the the experience of love was was there even though they couldn't speak the same language that, that bill as a christian wearing a robe right. wearing a crucifix on his a rope around his his waist 
was was accepted and responded to by Muslim young men who were angry mm-hmm. and 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 trying to figure out whatever they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, Bill says that Cardinal Newman, you say heart speaks to heart. I, I forget the the Latin phrase for it, but heart speaks to heart, and and so you make that you make that effort. You see our Pope making that effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes and he and he puts refugees on his plane and takes them home and 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 sets up something for them to to find hope. Mm-hmm. So, so we do that, and we also the last commandment Jesus gave was. We have to love one another as he loved us. Mm-hmm. And he sacrificed himself for us. And so Bill and I have offered ourselves as, in a sense, kind of the sacrifice in the midst of gang violence. Mm-hmm. And so in dealing with, with people like with, with people like ISIS or wherever this violence is occurring, we would go and we would offer ourselves and we would and we would love. And and then we would say, okay, God, the rest is up to you. Jim, I, you, there's somewhere it was written that you said the moments of the greatest risk are the moments of the greatest transformation. Would you explain what you meant by that? Wow, I don't even remember <laughs> saying that. <laughs> but it is, it is the fact, like, like, like the first thing I noticed about, about Brother Bill I knew that Bill had stood between gangs when they were sh- shooting at each other, mm-hmm. and and I and I was new to Chicago, and I remember being up near Loyola, up on the up on the up on the north side, and I would hear people honking their horns, and somebody would be rolling down the window and just screaming at somebody out out in, out in the, on the streets, and when I was walking around the housing projects with, with Brother Bill, people would be honking their horns and somebody would be yelling, Brother Bill, Brother Bill, it's so good to see you. You, you, could see, mm-hmm. you could see that love. That love came because standing between gangs when they were shooting at each other had a powerful transformation on the people that witnessed that. They had a powerful transformation on St. Malachi's Church, where we were based, where he was based out of at the time. It had a tremendous impact upon Cardinal Bernardine, who said, "Hey, we want you to take this citywide." So, so there's there's moments like like you know I had to have my my moment of truth. I was in a situation where I thought gangs were going to that that a war was going to break out, and Brother Bill wasn't there. I had nowhere else to go, and I said, if I leave now, I will never come back. And the next day, when I came back, I stayed there for hours, and the next day when I came back, three different gang members came up and asked me to pray with them. Oh, how beautiful. And so, and so you, say, you say, wow. I mean, it was the risk of staying. If I don't stay that day, mm-hmm. they don't come and ask me to pray with them mm-hmm. the next day. Mm-hmm. So, so, the, so, the, so the risk is, is that we are saying that I love you so much that I'm not leaving. That I'm willing to risk my life for you is basically what it is. Exactly. And and, and people like Alex Hall will tell you that's those stories that they've seen years later. And they interpreted. They interpreted what they felt from God. 
not what how I told them they should feel about right. about God, but they did it themselves. When you first did all this work, I you I read somewhere that you thought, okay, so now I'm going to go and I'm going to show them and I'm going to teach them how they can find joy and peace and love and all that, and explain how that turned around. Well, I was in the Jesuit Volunteer Corps working with kids, and I thought I'm going to teach them to be like me. And it didn't take me very long to realize that what spoke to them and what was important to them wasn't what was wasn't what was important to me. That that, that we there was a disconnect. So what I had to do is I had to learn. I had to learn from mm-hmm. them, and I had to learn to find God's presence in our midst. And so what you learned was to listen to find out what was important to them and then to help them find that or well it's like listening to them is like listening to god in prayer there's parts of the prayer that we are listening to trying to tell god what we want but then there's the response back from god that tells us something different and that's where our prayer life grows learning to listen to what god is saying to us well, I think we couldn't end on a more beautiful, inspiring note than that. I think we're just about out of time. So, Brother Jim, thank you for being here. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. I just, I love this interview so much. I love you, and I love Brother Bill and all the work that you do. May we take a little bit of inspiration from it and go out and love and listen to others and be Jesus as you are. Amen. Amen. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.